How about those videos, huh? On point. On point. Well, how are you this evening? You guys good? Good. I am so stoked to be with you one last time. Man, what a week it's been. You guys have done so much, and I can't believe we're already here. So if you have your Bibles, open to Daniel chapter 9, starting in verse 3. We've been on this journey together through the life of Daniel, and this evening we get to close our chapter here, but in reality, another one starts for you and for me. So with that in mind, as you turn to your Bibles, let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, you're awesome. God, you're so good. To think through all that you have done this week, how you've been so faithful to encounter us with your goodness. God, I pray as we just have this time now, as we go home tomorrow, God, you've looked at us and chosen us that we might go love our world and draw them to you. You've chosen these sitting here in this room. God, I pray as we have just this moment together to talk through what that can look like. Father, be the center of our lives, be the king of our lives now and forever. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, well, before we dive into the message, uh, there's a few people, a few groups of people that I want to give a shout out to because this week would be impossible without them. So I want to give a shout out to your band, wherever they are, Kendall and crew, massive shout out to them, unbelievable. Uh, Another group of people that spends their entire summer here serving every person who steps foot on that property, including you, including me, and points them to Jesus, is your Hume Lake staff. So give it up for your staff. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what each one of you do. And so if you see a Hume Lake staff member, you see them in their name tag, you see them in their staff blue, just tell them, hey, thank you for taking time out of your summer. You could have been on a beach somewhere, but you're here hanging out with me. So give them a big thank you. And then I also want to thank uh, a lady who needs no introduction, Maddie Brown. Maddie Brown is an incredible leader, an incredible shepherd, an incredible disciple and disciple maker, and we got to learn from her this week. So Maddie, thank you for who you are. So give it up for Maddie. There's one more crew of people that are my heroes, and they're who you came to camp with, and that is your counselors and your youth pastors. So if you're a counselor or a youth pastor, stand up. Counselors and youth pastors, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. I want you to stay standing, stay standing. Man, you you guys took a week out of your life to be in a cabin and smelled God knows what in the process of a week to love on the next generation of students. And so often what you do goes unseen to some, but it's not unseen to your Heavenly Father. So thank you for what you guys do. Students, look at me. If you don't do anything when you go home, 
glue yourselves to these men and women. They ask you to hang out and go to lunch till they're blue in the face. Take them up on it. They're in the trenches with you. They're praying for you, and they're praying with you. Get to know them. I wish I did when I was your age. I probably would have paid a lot less dumb tax in my life. Get to know these counselors. Hey, Amen. Wow, you knew. Ah, but get to know these men and women. Get up for your counselors and your youth pastors. You guys can have a seat. You can have a seat. All right, so let's dive into where we have been this week. Tuesday morning, which seems forever ago, Tuesday morning we got introduced to the tribe of Judah and we got introduced to the city and nation of Babylon and how these two cultures, these two people groups were so completely opposite of one another. And then we saw that the culture of Babylon is not that much different than the culture you and I live in today, a culture that is against God. And then we got introduced to, on Tuesday night, Daniel and his three friends. And we get to watch Daniel and his friends come up against a hostile moment where the culture of Babylon is trying to come against their commitment to God. And with great resolve, they say no to a diet that was trying to be forced upon them that was not what God wanted for them. And in love and gentleness and respect, they quietly said, no, what if we did this instead? And they stood before God and they went on this crazy diet of just veggies and honored the Lord and people saw how awesome God was in that interaction. And then we got to hang out on Wednesday night. And we got to journey with Daniel and his friends as they came face to face with a fiery furnace because they refused to bow down to an idol that Nebuchadnezzar built. And we watch as they stand firm instead of bowing a knee and Nebuchadnezzar turns up that furnace sevenfold and throws them in. But what happens? There's another in the fire. God himself walking with his kids as they stood boldly and in love for him, and they come out unharmed. And then Thursday morning, we had to have an honest conversation. As we walked through Nebuchadnezzar struggling to finally let go of his life, and because he wouldn't and looked to himself for hope in his own sin. He was driven out of his own kingdom, and he lost everything. And you and I had to have an honest discussion about sin, and that it separates us from a living God. And that because of sin, we cannot dwell in the presence of a living God. But then came Thursday night. As we watched and talked through that in the same way, Daniel entered into the lion's den and came out unharmed, Jesus took the death that we were owed, entered into the tomb, and then the stone rolled away, and he comes back defeating death and offers you and offers me life, forgiveness, and grace abundant, and takes us from being sinners to saints, lost to adopted sons and daughters of him. And we watched a miracle happen on Thursday night. As so many of you stood up, So many of you stayed back, and I watched Jesus touch your lives in a profound way. And then that leads us to our last night together, as we kind of turn our sights to back home and what that looks like. And Daniel leaves us with such a beautiful lesson in what that is to look like. So we find Daniel, 
in Daniel chapter 9 in a place we have seen him time and time and time again. Daniel is on his knees in prayer with God. And he says this in Daniel chapter 9, verse 3. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And this is Daniel's prayer to the Lord. It says, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. He acknowledges God as the ultimate source of steadfast love and authority. But then he sees who he is apart from that. He says, but we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commands and your rules. Daniel, in this moment, prays and articulates the gospel in a profound way, saying, God, you are the source of steadfast love. You are the initiator of this relationship, and yet we, time and time again, like Nebuchadnezzar, choose our own kingdom. The whole reason why Judah was captured by Babylon in the first place was because they wanted to be the gods of their own life. And what do we see that God does? Does God leave them? Does God forsake them? No. He walks with them every step of the way. And that's what we looked at last night, that in our sin, God didn't just leave us at that point, but chased after us through the cross and the resurrection. Friends, number one thing you need to know and need to grasp when you go home is that you not only embrace the gospel and truth and love and forgiveness at a point in time, you get to embrace it over time. That God is awesome and he's righteous, full of steadfast love, meaning nothing you or I could do could ever get in the way of his love. Even in the midst of our sin, he pursues us anyways. May as you go home, remind yourself every day of the truths of the gospel, And to help you, the truths of the gospel are this, that you are fully known by God. You are fully loved by God. That you are fully forgiven by God. And you are fully accepted in Jesus Christ. Because when you made that decision at a point in time last night, for those of you who stood up and received the gospel and lay down your life and received the life that Jesus offers, you were sealed as an adopted son and daughter of the living God. And now you get to go home in a new identity that you are seen and known and loved and accepted by the God of the universe. And at that point in time, your eternity and your destination and your home changed. That your home is no longer in this world. That your home is no longer apart from God. That your home is with him forever and always. And Here's what I also want us to understand about that. We embrace it not only at a point in time, but we embrace it over time. When I went home from winter camp when I was in sixth grade. I came home and I was like, I'm gonna be in my Bible every day at 5 a.m. Like, I am motivated, I am juiced, like, let's do this Jesus thing. Like, I'm ready. And then my alarm went off at 5 a.m. And I was like, 
mm, no, and like turned off my alarm, and I woke up at 9 a.m., and I just remember waking up feeling this deep feeling of guilt. It was only morning one from camp, and I couldn't wake up and spend time with Jesus, and all of a sudden, I, I felt this lie in my head going, Matt, you, you just got back from camp. You couldn't even do it a day. Look at me. Any language that shames you from the presence of God is not the language of God. You might get home and you might blow it. Welcome to the Christian life. <laughs> I'm going to mess up. I'm going to go home to my family after preaching to you this week, and I'm probably going to lose my patience. I guarantee it. But what do I remind myself? I'm not a sum of my actions anymore if I'm in Christ. I am a sum of what's been done for me, that Jesus paid for it. So friends, being resilient for your faith isn't you going home and being perfect. It's you going home and just being with Jesus and reminding yourself that I am in Christ. I am a new creation. I'm no longer dead in my sin. I'm alive in Christ. So when I mess up, his grace is sufficient. His love is sufficient. He's paid for that. That doesn't define me anymore. And so I'm gonna repent. I'm gonna ask for forgiveness. I'm gonna confess that. And anything that speaks a language of shame, look at me, is not the language of our God. Friends, don't go home with an expectation to be perfect. Just go home with a desire to be dependent on who he is. Confessing our sin and being honest about it, friends, that's just the Christian life. Number two, something we learn through Daniel and how we stand in the face of a hostile culture is we cling to the truth of God's word. The staff kind of Jesus juked you into doing this this week. They made you memorize scripture for rec points. And well done, but it's more important than rec points. Because I find myself, when I'm in a tough situation, when my faith is coming face to face with culture, all of a sudden the truths of God's word come to mind. Just like in, in the moment where Daniel and his friends were brought up against an opportunity where they could have gone against God. They remembered his word, what God was asking them to live into, what abundant life looked like. But memorizing God's word isn't to simply put knowledge in your head. It's to draw you closer to the author himself. That this is God's word. This isn't just a bunch of good ideas that this is a 66-book love letter to you, to me, and to all of humanity. Do you want to know what God is like? Spend time with him in his word. And I guarantee you, you will discover a God who can hold you in the toughest times. You can discover a God who's with you in the pit and who's with you on the mountaintop. You'll discover a God who's paid your sin in full. And you'll discover a God who's king of it all. Even when your circumstances try to prove to you otherwise, you will learn about the God of heaven who holds all the waters of the world in his hand. And he walks with you. Psalm 119, 105 says this, that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God didn't put us in exile on earth to watch us grasp around in the dark trying to find out what life is about. He gave us an illuminating light in his word to point us to exactly what it looks like to walk with him. 
Psalm 119, 9 through 11 says, how can a young man or woman keep his way pure by guarding it according to your word? Of my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commands. I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Friends, as you go home, my hope and prayer for you is that you would spend time with Jesus. Where do we find Daniel in chapter nine, verse three? He's simply with Jesus. He's with the Lord in prayer. What does it look like for you just to maybe cut out a few minutes or a few moments daily or as often as you can to just spend in prayer, to spend in his word? You already started this week by memorizing scripture. Pick out like a place in your room and say, hey, before I go to bed, I'm just going to spend five minutes with the Lord. For me, that looks like a, a corner chair in my living room and I just sit there. And the first five minutes, I just sit there with my hands open, and I just close my eyes, and I breathe in and breathe out, and I just say, God, I'm here. And then I'm just quiet, and I just listen. And then I'll read a psalm, spend time in his word for a moment, pray, and then I go about the rest of my day. And friends, I have yet to experience an out-of-body experience in my time with the Lord. Like, I have yet to experience a miracle in the armchair of my living room. But all of a sudden, I'll be walking around, going about the tasks of my day, and then all of a sudden, something will come to mind that I read that morning. I'll be in a conversation with somebody, and I'll just feel God speak and say, Matt, just listen to him. And it all stems from that time, spending with him. Friends, root yourself in his word and in time with him, because there you're going to discover how it actually looks to live in the culture we have today. And the instruction that you're gonna find in his word is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus adds to it. He says to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. You go home and you stand in the face of resilient culture by being with God and letting him grow a fruit of love in you. You're not going to go home. The way we don't stand in a resilient culture is argue our way through culture or cancel our way through culture or get in fights with people on Instagram and Facebook. Just point me out one time that has proven to be a good strategy. My friend calls them poop fights online. I'm like, nice. But what would it look like for you to go home and follow the words of Scripture, follow Jesus, and radically love your neighbor and love your enemy? Because friends, the people who are against you, who try to argue with you and prove you wrong, look at me, they're not your enemy. They're an image bearer of God who Jesus loves tremendously. And you know who he's chosen, his plan A to be a light to them? You. Your God's plan A. Let me help you orchestrate this in an illustration. Imagine we're all in here, and you guys just, imagine you were born in here. You didn't know anything outside of these walls. And I told you that no one's allowed to go outside of these walls. If you go outside of these walls, you'll just get eaten by rabid puppets, right? Like, that's what's outside. There are rabbit puppet people outside ready to just kill you, and you have to stay inside this room at all times, 
And I tell you that and tell you that and tell you that. And then Maddie Brown walks into the door. Maddie Brown pulls one of you guys aside and goes, hey, did you know there's a vast forest of life outside these walls? And there's animals and snapping turtles. They're weird, but they're awesome. There's sea breeze drinks. There's milkshakes. There's and she just like gives this list, and you're like, no, I heard there were rabid puppets outside. Maddie isn't going to sit there and begin to argue with you. She's just going to say, you know what? Just come and see. Come and see. What would happen if you just came and saw? And then you take a peek out, and you see there's so much more for you. Guys, we, we don't point people to Jesus by puffing ourselves up, demeaning them, yelling at them, disgracing them. What if we just said, hey, why don't you just come and see? What would it look like for you to just come and see that maybe there could be more to life than being stuck and enslaved to your own decisions and your own desires? Because in this case, are they your enemy or is the lie they believe the enemy? It's the lie. So friends, look at me. When you go home, if it's your parents who don't know Jesus, they're not the enemy. They're victims of a lie. If you go to your schools and your classmates are against you because you follow Jesus, they're not the enemy. They just don't know Jesus and God's plan A for their life and pointing them to him is you. And you know how Daniel did it? By serving. Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar, Daniel with Darius, didn't sacrifice his faith, but he was faithful to serve those around him. What does it look like for you, to your friends and your family who don't know Jesus, to serve them even when it doesn't make sense? When they slander you and revile you and say all kinds of evil against you, and yet you pray for them and you serve them. They're gonna go, something's different. And that's when you get to go, hey, let me open the door for you. Come and see the God, the maker of heaven and earth who loves you. Friends, go home and love enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. And you do that as a fruit of spending time with Jesus. Finally, three, as an encouragement, know that the Holy Spirit, the God of the universe, in the form of the Holy Spirit, goes home with you. John 14, 25 says this. These are the words of Jesus says, these things I have spoken to you while abiding with you. Talking about how he's taught them while he's physically been with them. But then he says this. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, who the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance the things I have said to you. Friends, when you give your life to Jesus, when you embrace the gospel, when you lay your life down and you pick up his kingdom, you know where God's dwelling place is? Here. He chooses to live with you here. What does he do now that he's here? He helps. He empowers. What does he help you with? He helps you remember the things you've learned in his word. So you spend time with him. You're reading his word. You're spending time in prayer. And then you get caught in that trial the Holy Spirit brings to remembrance. Hey, remember what we read. Remember that God loves you and he's with you. He helps you remember the things you have learned. When you're in the heat of the fire, he is with you. 
So friends, the God of the universe we have talked about all week this week is not limited to Hume Lake Christian camps on this hill. He's going in your cars home with you. He's in your schools. He's in your homes. He's in your sports teams. He's in your theater groups, your art classes. He's here. You are not alone. And he brings to remembrance the things you have learned and he empowers you to love even when you don't want to. Because friends, to love like this, if it's up to me, I won't do it. I'll choose myself. But through the power of the Spirit now living inside of me, God himself living inside of me, I am now empowered to go love this culture like Jesus. And not only do you go home with God, look to your friends who are sitting to your left and to your right. You go home with them. Look at me. You're not alone. Say it again. You're not alone. Matter of fact, I guarantee you, you walk around your campuses and you start loving your classmates and you start serving your classmates and they ask you why and you say, because I know this God who's awesome and his name's Jesus. Let me share him with you. I guarantee you another person in your class who you didn't think was a believer will go, oh, I didn't know there was another one. And all of a sudden you're doing it together. And all of a sudden, the two of you come together and you continue this process. All of a sudden, another person will go, oh, I, I didn't know there was more of you. And then all of a sudden, you see there's a whole community of you reaching your schools, sports teams, theater groups, areas of influence for Jesus. Friends, two things you can't do by yourself. Get married and be a Christian. Right? Just this past year, I learned this. For a long time, I had two years of bouncing around. The Lord moved us from place to place, not really knowing what God was doing. And for those two years, I was trying to follow Jesus on my own. And I was left so empty on most days. And I struggled on most days. And I felt like I had no one to go to. But then this past year, the Lord blessed me with three incredible men in my life. My friend Jordan, my friend Ka'eo, and my friend Dave. And we're on a group text together. And I'm just honest in that group text. Guys, I'm struggling today. Can you pray for me? They're like, I got you. Guys, I, I just, could you come over? I just need some help with something. I got you. And we're honest and we're vulnerable as we're just doing this thing together. Friends, look at me. You, you guys need each other. Jesus left you guys to be his church, to be his family, that you would encourage one another, that you'd support one another, that you'd love one another. Friends, as you go home, get plugged into your church. Get plugged into your youth group. Serve with your friends. Talk to people within your friends how you're really doing. Man, what would it look like if you called your friend when you got home and you three or four went to coffee and said, hey, after this theme, this is the, these are the areas that I know are gonna be really hard in my class to love my friends. Would you just commit this week to praying for me? And let's meet back up next week and talk about how that went and encourage one another. Guys, that's what it looks like to be a brother and sister in Christ. Friends, as we close our time together, 
I hope this week, as we've talked about standing in resilience and resolve for the gospel in a culture that is so against the things of God, I hope you don't drive down this hill back home thinking, I'm going to be more. I'm going to do more. I I just need to be better. Here's the one thing that will equip us the most out of any other. Just be with Jesus. Where did we find Daniel again and again and again? And where did we find him in our last time together in Daniel chapter 9? Praying with the Lord. Guys, Jesus goes home with you. And he empowers you and he reminds you of who he is. His word points you to his character, which is trustworthy, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. And in time with him, like the fruits of the spirit, the fruit of love and joy and peace will naturally grow out of you. And so when you experience hardship and trial in your schools, with your classmates, in your homes, you'll be able by the power of God to love like Jesus and to pray for them and to serve them. Because friends, God's plan A for reaching this culture is you. Is you. And I'm so excited to see how God is going to use you in an incredible way. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for my friends. I thank you for the time we've gotten to spend together. And I will see them again, either in this kingdom or yours. God, I just pray as we all go home. God, that we would not view people as the enemy. They're not. They're your kids. May we love them as you love them. May we serve them well. May we stay glued to you. May we just be with you. God, you've looked at us and given us the assignment to go serve and love well. God, I pray you empower these students. You empower these youth pastors. You empower these counselors. God, may we radically serve our neighbors. May we pray for those who persecute us and not argue our way into it, but simply point them to how glorious and awesome and beautiful you are. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.